Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Unsolicited advice we deem important. You, on the other hand, might not. Information so good, you're encouraged to write that down. From Mackie and Judd. Write that down. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Then. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. It's Friday. We are live on a Black Friday here. So if you're out shopping around and or digesting all your food from yesterday, we appreciate you taking time uh, out of your family time and shopping time to listen to us. Mostly Vikings today until 1 o'clock. And our write that down prediction. Write it down. You like writing things down. With an accountability session. All right. Let's Bef- hear the accountability. Before. See, unlike most sports talk shows or most, most talk shows even in the non-sports realm, political talk shows, we make predictions and we keep track of them and hold each other accountable. <laughs> Which is a yeah, really Sean bad idea Hannity, now. Hannity, uh, Mike and Mike when they were still going. This like, has not w- worked out well for me in the year 2017, though. But it's revolutionary. It is revolutionary. I don't know it's worked out well for me. Uh, it's getting better for you, actually. All right. And uh, we'll get to, well, let's, I had nothing come off the board for me. Uh, we'll get to D- Dave's out today. Jonathan is in, and Jonathan's going to be a guest picker for today's segment. Uh, Jonathan, you can find all over the place. He produces the Crafty Rogues podcast. He's our uh, ace producer for Vikings Ventline. Uh, you can find him uh, producing uh, a lot of the Minnesota United stuff here on the station. So Dave Harrigan predicted the Gophers football team would at some point this season be ranked in the top 25. <laughs> Oh, that's even bad by my standards. If they beat Wisconsin a hundred to yes, nothing down. somehow, because Wisconsin has to replace their team with the marching band, they still won't be ranked in the top twenty-five after tomorrow. Uh, Dave also predicted Fleck would be a Turkey of the Year finalist. Sorry, that's my Whoa. bad. That's what you do. No look, no look bumper uh, or or uh, button bar there. Um, Fleck was made fun of a lot throughout the entire Turkey of the Year column. But he was never made a table member or a finalist. So that prediction is incorrect. All right. Uh, Dave did say that Chris Reavers would reject his plea deal for their PJ Fleck Turkey of the Year bet uh, last week. Mm-hmm. And Reavers very predictably uh, backed out of that bet. Uh, you said that the uh, that Zach Parisi would play in fewer than 50 games this season for the Wild. It's not official yet, but let's just clear that I think one it's out. Close enough. Yeah, All right. it's been like 24. 20- Games or 20. Yeah, he's on long-term IR right now and backs at some point. So he but yeah. needs to miss like 10 more games, basically, or 12 more games, and then, and yeah. then you get there. Yeah, good point. Now, right. I'm going to leave this one on the board for now for another 24 hours, but you said the Gophers were going to finish 6-6 six and six on the season. Yeah, I would like to fall on the sword immediately for that. In fact, they got to win take, tomorrow. I will take that loss. <laughs> and, and 
I would argue actually this. I would argue that I will take that loss right now. If they do, I think I get an extra base hit based on the fact that you would get to six and six by beating Bleep in Wisconsin. Well, but I'm not going to be right, so I'll at take the, the loss. At the time of the prediction, I know six and six was a single. I'm, argu- I'm but arguing. Now it's a home run. I'm, ar- I'm <laughs> arguing now for if they beat the Badgers on Saturday, if a miracle happens, that I actually be given at least a triple. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna say I'm I'm gonna say no, and we have to wait for Dave to come back to say no. Although you know, Jonathan, do you think Judge should get extra credit? No. He predicted okay at come the on. time exactly at the time. I know, but still now. <laughs> All right, good. Uh, so uh, the batting averages are as follows: Dave is still the leader in the clubhouse, a 4.12 batting average, and slugging 6.86 with uh, just a few weeks left in the write that down season. I'm still sitting at 397, leading the slugging percentage because I swing for bombs at 690. And you are up now to 278, Ooh. making a late season charge. But it's mostly singles. You're slugging a paltry 380. A mower in May of 2016. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm starting to hit some. I'm starting to hit a little bit. You're uh, like four years Joe Mauer before the yeah. uh, the good season this year. So yeah. let's actually start with Jonathan. Write it down. You like writing things down. Who's going to be a guest. All right. Write that down predictor this week. So you f- we'll go... You predict one, and then we'll go around, and then we'll do a second round, okay. third round, all right? So my first one, we will not see Teddy Bridgewater at all this season. Wow. It's a two-parter. Second part, Ooh, Case, Case Keenum will sign with the Jets on a three-year deal this offseason. Whoa, I love the specific parlay. Mm-hmm. Write it down. You like writing things down. So we've got uh, we've got Teddy will not play in a game, or we're not? At all. So we'll not even him. like nope. a, a kneel down. Not even a kneel no down. No mop up or nope. no. Okay. Nothing. All right. And uh, Case Keenum to the Jets on at least a three year contract. Yes. Or on you said on a three year contract. Yes. Yep. Wow, he's coming in. He's not he's laying down hot. once here. He's coming. I in. I respect that. Yep. Write it down. You like writing things down. I also have uh, a couple of Viking quarterback predictions, but I severed mine. I will not put them together, and I okay. will start off with a Case Keenum one. I will not get a specific. As Jonathan just did, but I will say that Case Keenum is going to sign a three-year contract this offseason with a team that is not the Vikings. He's going to get a three-year deal from somebody. Might be the Jets, who knows? But it will not be the Vikings. So Case Keenum is in his one year, and he's made the most of it with the Vikings, but he will not be back in 2018. And his three-year contract will probably be, uh, who knows what the guarantee money is going to be, but it'll probably be 45 to $60 million. Here's my question. How about that? Like, is two he, great months. Nice job if you can get it. Is he going to be uh, a perceived like that and get a big contract, or is he going to be the odd type of Ryan Fitzpatrick who had the one really good year and everybody still said, you're Ryan Fitzpatrick. It makes us nervous. Well, that's, I mean, that's what we're going to have that conversation for two months when the season's over, mm-hmm. right? That's going to be the entire show, basically, once the season's over. So I don't know. I Right now, to me, he's Brian Hoyer, 2015 Texans, having a great season with with great infrastructure around him. And if he can then plow through the playoffs and be successful, whatever that looks like for the Vikings, he will then have, you know, at least taken it a step further than Hoyer did. Uh, I mean, Kurt Warner was much better in his first season as a as a a guy that nobody had heard of. He mm-hmm. threw like forty touchdowns and I think won the MVP. And but then he did it in the postseason too and won a Super Bowl and proved himself. Right. So like if if the Vikings win the Super Bowl with Case Keenum, I think you've proven yourself at that point. If he throws three picks and they lose in the first round, that's or what something, I was going to say. What, okay. Like if you get to the conference championship game. Yeah, and and you lose there, and you're not great, but you're not terrible. Do you then say that this guy's 
for real and he's turned a definite corner, or do you say, we're not going to pay you that much? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, all very open-ended questions. Write this down. Uh, write this down. The Vikings will finish 4-1 and one the rest of the way. So they will, I'm not putting this into the prediction, but I think they're going to split the road games here. They're going to lose to either Atlanta or Carolina, but they're going to win one of them. And then they're going to beat the Bengals. They're going to beat the Packers, and they're going to beat the Bears. Mm-hmm. So this is a 13-3 and team, mm-hmm. I guess, is what I'm saying. They will finish the season 4-1. and one. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Jonathan. All right, another two-parter here. This one's on the Twins. The Twins will sign you, Darvish, and they will trade a prospect to get enough international money to be at the top of the bidding pool for Otani. So will they land Otani? They will. So, so can we say oh, that the Twins are going to wow. sign you, Darvish, mm-hmm. and they're going to land Otani while trading a prospect? Yes. Wow, dude. He, you look are at this coming. Guy right this now. is unbelievable. You're making, I get one shot here. I'm taking yeah, the big swings you're, here. You're damn near making home run predictions in a segment that didn't even call for it. I have great respect for you, Jonathan. I mean, you're probably wrong about the whole oh, yeah. thing, but I have great respect for you. Dude, this guy. Dave, take your time coming back. Yeah, we, we, we just want bombs, bombs, right. bombs. Just I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, Dan. All right, Judge. Joey Gallo right there. Um, Home runs or bombs. The second, the second of my Viking quarterback related predictions is this: Teddy Bridgewater will sign a three year contract with the Vikings after this season. So Keenan will be gone; he'll be cleared out, and your starting quarterback in 2018 will be Teddy Bridgewater, who will sign a three year deal with the Vikings to return. So, do you think it'll have to be a, an incentive laden deal? Right? I mean, they're not just going to guarantee him starting quarterback money. So maybe he can, maybe he can work. attain it with bonuses, or it would have to be an, a, an oddly structured contract. Yeah, and they're good at, at, at that, and I think it might be for more than we than we might expect for a guy who's not played in a couple of years. Um, but I think here's here's what's going to be intriguing: if Pat Shermer leaves, and now it's up to Zim and Spielman to hire a new OC, I think Zimmer's going to go with the Teddy is my guy. And so I think I think ultimately all those pieces help to get Teddy the job going into 2018 and thus get him a contract. Write that down. Write this down. It will require 13 wins at least to secure home field advantage in the NFC. So the Eagles are nine and one. Vikings have two losses. There's a, the Saints have two losses. Uh, Rams now have two losses or three. Is it three? Whatever three. it is. Like there's so three losses. Mm-hmm. It will require 13 wins at least to secure home field advantage in the NFC playoffs. And I just gave you a 4-1 and one record for the Vikings. So, the, so, so add it up. The Vikings have a chance there. Now, uh, I think conference record is the tiebreaker, and the Eagles are undefeated in the NFC right now. The Vikings have one NFC loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, their other loss was to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Jonathan. Despite beating the Gophers and eventually winning the Big Ten championship, Wisconsin will not make the playoffs this year. You are my favorite. <laughs> I mean, every you one say, of your you say they're going to win the Big Ten championship. Yes. So and they're going to run. The, they're going to beat Ohio State and then get left out of yep. the the dance. Miami will go into the ACC championship game and not and will lose a wow. field goal game to Clemson, and it'll be Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Miami. So, so the wow. prediction is Wisconsin. Will go undefeated mm-hmm. and miss the playoffs. Yep, this guy is. Just... <laughs> You're unbelievable. I mean, I think I disagree, but I love it. Can you imagine the outrage oh, in Wisconsin be... if that happens? But here's the thing: it wouldn't it... just be Wisconsin; it'd be the Big Ten would be oh, throwing a fit. Delaney would go crazy, yeah. and I would love it. Yeah, I think it would I... lead to the 
18 playoff. If too. you go undefeated right. and you, and and your wins are against Michigan and then whoever you play Ohio State or whoever mm-hmm. it is in the Big Ten championship game, you should get into the playoff. Unless unless there's a year where Notre Dame is is a non-conference, you know, an independent team and they get in, but they're not going to get in. As far as your segment right now, Jonathan, I admire your ability to come in. Mm-hmm. And some guys would come in, they get the one shot at write that down predictions, and they would just drop bunts down. They just want to get a couple hits. Jonathan doesn't just want home runs. He wants to hit the scoreboard over the batter's he eye. He wants to host the show, and I think yeah. he might. I think he should, maybe. <laughs> Write it I down. You like one. writing things down. Jonathan will be producer of this show on a full-time basis by January 5th. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding around. Just joking. Just joking. Um, I actually have a, a Otani prediction, but it's not the same as yours. Otani is going to sign with the New York Yankees. Hmm. He will. The Yankees have the money. They've got the market. It's not about got, the money as much, though. They've got, but I mean, they've got a lot of things in in their favor here. So I think he is ultimately going to end up as a member of the New York Yankees. All right, there's Break a lot of things going for them. And then I have kind of a kind of more of a, bu- a buzzkill. I'm not going to give you the Jonathan. We should have saved Jonathan for last with these home well, runs. Who was going to do this? Uh, the Gophers will start a freshman at quarterback next year. The Gophers will start a freshman at quarterback and. Vague parlay. That freshman will be far better than the two dumpster fires they've used at quarterback this season. Write this down. So there it is. Nice job of Jerry Kill to get a quarterback in here, by the way. And Tracy Clays. Yeah, I don't even fault Tracy Clays. Really appreciate the help. Defensive there. coordinator is what he is. Let's get back into our Vikings conversation. So many things to dive into. Uh, the quarterback, Case Keenum, is playing out of his mind right now. Uh, you at some point we should rank the celebrations, the Viking celebrations. We can do that maybe later on. In the can show. we also get to to the guy who made the best move of the day, who actually put family and football together, and then went out and got two sacks? Let's this is next. a Zolgad highlight. Let's do it next, Mackie and Judd. Just got it away. Stafford in trouble and brought down from behind. That's Griffin. Stop the clock. Here is pressure on Keenum. Touchdown for Rudolph. What a throw by Keenum under heavy pressure. And Kyle Rudolph has got his second of the game. Now, that first highlight there was uh, Everson Griffin up to, I want to say, 12 sacks now yes. on the season. He That's missed correct. a game. And so he's going to, man, he's going to go over 15. Maybe flirting with 20 would be aggressive. Tied his career high five games left. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he's in line for, for a career season. And what was the news yesterday? So he, him and his wife weren't expecting to have their baby on Thanksgiving, they've right? Got, they've got two boys. She's pregnant. Uh, I don't know when the due date was, but it wasn't yesterday. He was with the team in Detroit. Um, she gave birth to the baby while he was on FaceTime during the pregame warm-ups watching, I guess. And so and so he, he went out and played, got two sacks after the first sack, Lift his shirt up to crowdsource for a name for the kid. But with his Olegat plan, absolutely perfect. He supported his wife. He FaceTimed the birth. He played in the game. He played well. It was a festive day. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was the perfect Zolgat plan, especially as as you said before the show, especially for kid three. Now now if it's kid one, I I think you said I, I tend to agree with you there. So but this is kid three. It went well. In general, you like to tell people how to live their lives much more than than I do in that regard. Mm -hmm. And uh, you you love to tell people that, hey, uh, I know that this is a a very meaningful life moment and you're having a child, but 
this entertainment job that you have over here is more important because I want to see you on the football field. Yes. And I've, <laughs> and I've disagreed with your take on this for a long time. However, yes. if it's your third kid, mm-hmm. especially if it's unexpected, obviously, that's. but even if it's expected, if it's your third kid mm-hmm. and technology allows you to be present in some form, mm-hmm. I think there's some, some leeway there if you and your wife decide, you know what? Hey, let's just FaceTime this thing. Now, I was I was listening. Don't make fun of me. I, Jonathan Coachman, who used to be in the WWE and did a he was ESPN Sports Center guy for like ten years and did uh, ESPN Radio. He does a morning Periscope. Now he's gone from ESPN and he's he's going to announce whatever his next move is at some point. But he does a morning Periscope show on Twitter where he's just like holding the camera and delivering sports takes and it's just kind of fun. Yeah. And so I was listening to it. <clears throat> In the office this morning. Oh, yeah, very important. Yep. And he mentioned that Everson Griffin was watching the birth on Facebook Live. Can we get some clarification? Was he watching the birth on FaceTime, which is very much a one-on-one private conversation if you want it to be? Yeah. Or was was the wife broadcasting this on Facebook Live? No, no, no. Are we sure it was FaceTime? Ev was very careful. Hey, everybody. Let's go down to the field. No. Very careful ah. to say in his post in his post game press conference that it was it, it was FaceTime. Okay. Yeah, we do not have a Facebook Live situation, yeah. which might have really been probably not a great idea. Uh, let's go down to the sideline reporter over here. Uh, no. So okay. So it was FaceTime. It was. Fa- That's good. He said it was FaceTime, and that he was. But he was a- able to see the birth of his child. He saw the kid. They're trying to come up with a name still. But it was perfect. I love how there's just like no name. They're just this this nameless fetus. And by the way, sitting in a hospital. And by the way, I guess the uh, there, there's a very good chance that the league is going to make him pay six thousand plus dollars because you can't alter your jersey and, and or have a shirt with a message on below it. And he so had, it's six thousand dollars. Okay, for a first offense. The league is amazing. You can do any celebration you want in the end zone with all eleven players participating. Yep, it can be. Uh, a home run derby celebration. It can be duck, duck, goose, or gray duck. It can be a Thanksgiving turkey celebration. But if you touch the padding of the goalpost, 15 yards, and if you so much as toss a football in the general direction of a defender, that's taunting. But rolling around on the ground like an actual turkey while your opponent writhes in pain, that is not a 15-yard taunting penalty. But that's what's so great is Ansu was rolling around when Keenum tossed the ball, so he's like in a sandbox <laughs> acting like he's going to... And and Keenum just tosses the ball, and there's a flag for that. Yeah. Yeah, That that is a... I think the league could um, clear things up. And I love the fact that Diggs can't go crash into the goalpost because a guy from, I think, the Saints at one time grabbed the goalpost and slightly bent it, and so they're like, anything to do with the goalpost might delay the game. We can't have that. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I can see not dunking on the... Okay, don't don't dunk and hang on the rim like Tony mm-hmm. Gonzalez back in the day. But, uh, by the way, we have a, a tweet in from producer Dave Harrigan who's very nervous about his job here because Jonathan was swinging for the fences and write that down, just going for bombs all over the place. Harrigan tweets in, time for my resignation. Jonathan is unbelievable. Jonathan I feel like usually it. he'd be trying to you know, degrade the part-time producer to 
push the part-timer down to elevate his own status. And yep. he's basically resigning to the fact that Jonathan is much more Is that also ballsy. saying that I won't be here again? I won't be covering for him anymore? Oh, no, no. That, that's that's not up to Dave. You might have that's some, up to Brad Lane. What kind of car do you drive? You might have some brake issues later today, if you know what I mean. <laughs> what are some... Uh, oh, my God. Anyway. I can't stop my car. What are some uh, examples of, of aging older players who were pretty good at one time and they get shoved out? Because that's what's going on here. I mean, Dave's not great, but he's not bad. He's a wow. decent third baseman. <laughs> Corey and Cato just tweets in, my radio just melted down with the hot takes and write that down. Uh, fire Mackie and Judd. Give this producer the full-time gig. <laughs> Corey might not be wrong. I mean, when you bring a Badger's take and two really, really steaming hot takes that are both... You know, two pronged. Uh, we, we might be. Uh, he adds bigger balls than case as a hashtag. Uh-huh. No more. What would Mike Zimmer say <laughs> about Jonathan? No, hashtag no more. He's an excitable producer. Yeah, he, would, a little out on he the- wouldn't like him. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, he just gets a little bit excitable sometimes. Uh, here's Hal. I love all the. Uh, I love all the beer being drank on the radio today. I want to say Jonathan is plowed right now, but I love the picks. <laughs> it's true. I w- oh, the ba- the Badger pick took real, real big ones. Yeah. Do you guys do uh, predictions on like the United pregame show? Because I think this might have to be it. If, <laughs> if we bring the United back next year, uh, Jonathan's we- soccer predictions. <laughs> That'd be fun if we did. Do you and Corzo uh, do predictions? We, we do picks every week for the NFL. Okay, but not predictions. And you like pre- and you long-term. predict fifty to three blowouts every single every time, time. And the Browns, the Browns, the Browns ten- are going to win forty-five to three. Write it down. There was when the Patriots and the Browns played each other. I think there was a ten-point spread on it. They, Tom Linneman and Corzo both didn't take the ten-point spread. I'm like, why not? Let's do it. And you hit on it. No, of course you <laughs> lost. <laughs> You said, what the heck? Of course he lost on it. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're mostly Vikings. We're live on Black Friday until 1 o'clock today. And uh, Superstar Mike Morris is going to be live with Manny Hill from 3 to 6. And depending on family stuff, he may join us in the noon hour. We're just kind of trying to feel this out because it's still a holiday. But we wanted to come in and talk some Vikings and have a good time. And uh, coming up next, Jonathan Harrison in for Dave Harrigan with some hot take stuff you should know about. Is it just going to be full of what? Tease one thing for us. What's coming up next? A very questionable golf outing. <laughs> okay, a very questionable golf outing. Um, Mackie and Judd hanging out here. I want to uh, tell you guys about my friend Chris Lindahl and his team that helped sell my condo earlier in 2017 for top dollar. In three hours, within three hours of putting it on the market, uh, the marketing and uh, just everything that goes into the experience of selling a property with the Chris Lindahl team is top notch. I mean, look around town. You see Chris with all the billboards like Chris is a marketing guru and he takes that marketing experience and applies it to the selling of your home. In fact, right now through December 15th, Chris is saying thank you to all of you in the Twin Cities and all you listeners of the Mackie and Judd show. He's he's saying thank you in a big way by offering a free listing contract. That's right. One family will get their house sold for free with the full marketing that goes with it, the expert marketing of the Chris Lindahl team. Enter by going to chrislindahl.com, that's Chris with a K, or 763-41-SOLD. In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be aware of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. Pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage. And then there's the stuff you should know about. 
Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. This is that kind of stuff. I want to check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff you should know about. Please, please tell me. Superstar producer Jonathan, (laughs) he has the stuff we should know about today. Everyone on Twitter is raving about Jonathan's large (laughs) grapefruits in our Write That Down Predictions. Uh, everybody wants Jonathan to just take over the show. More Jonathan, so here he is. Less Mackie, less Judd, no Harrigan. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, Randy Moss with the tweet of the day yesterday. During the Cowboys getting run out of their own building by the Chargers, he tweets, when's the last time the boys played this bad on Thanksgiving? Uh, that, that's a troll job. I totally right read that that's is yeah, him going back thing. to 90. They see me rolling. Yeah, that is a that's a Bravo classic troll job. Mm-hmm. Uh, well done, did you guys see Sad Jerry Jones shown a, a bunch of yeah. times in the press box too? <laughs> yes. Somebody yes, somebody looped the I think it was Deadspin. Sad Jerry Jones with uh, is it that Simon and Garfunkel song? Hello, darkness, smile. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. That's a great fantastic. song. <laughs> Poor yeah. Jerry. I feel awful for he'll, Jerry. He'll look at his bank account and he'll be fine tomorrow. Uh, I, t- I tease this a little bit. Tiger Woods continues to celebrate Black Friday in int- more interesting ways than you or, you or I do. President Trump tweeted out that he's going on a golf trip today. After quickly. Go quickly, though. Quick, quick golf trip. Yep. With, just a quick one. With himself, Donald, or with Tiger Woods and Dustin Johnson. One, would you want to be the fourth <laughs> in that group? And two, would you feel comfortable bringing your significant other with you to that group? Uh, no on both for me. Wow. <laughs> The significant other question is, yeah, it's out of the question. Yeah. Uh, I would, you know, I would Not love to be a fly on the wall for that outing. Maybe hitting from the junior tees while those guys. Now, is Trump a good golfer? Do we know? I think he spent, yes, he I think he does quite is. a bit of it. Yeah. He golfs. He's, I, someone said he's golfed 76 times already this calendar year. That's incredible. <laughs> oh, is he, Do PGA golfers golf that Every yeah, Sunday, I, I swear, so. he's golfing. He's flying yeah. somewhere to go golfing. Well, he's play, so I, the, the nugget I saw was 76 rounds of golf he's played. Mm-hmm. So divide that by four for a PGA tournament, and we're talking 20 tournaments. Tiger Woods at his peak, I think, was playing between 15 and 20 tournaments. So, yes, <laughs> Donald Trump is golfing more than Tiger Woods That's in his impressive. prime. That's a heck of a thing. All right. Make America great, baby. <laughs> uh, Manute Bowl was in the news a little bit. Uh, his former, the coach who brought him in from Senegal, I believe. Uh, what is his name? Kevin Mackey. Probably no relation, I would assume. Probably very charming and good looking, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> he was the Cleveland State basketball coach who brought him in. He said in an interview with Zag's blog, I don't know what that is, that every athletic door is open at 19, every athletic door is closed when you're 35. He was probably 40 or 50 years old when he was playing in the NBA. He said that when he was in the athletic department trying to get him a visa or whatever, he gave him a birth date. Oh, just really? That just would, know that would that. make him the right age. So he died in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, it says his birth date is October 16th, 1962. Uh-huh. But when you, I, I remember him in the mid 90s at the end of his career, and even just going back and looking at old footage, he looks super old. Yeah. He looks, and he's, it's funny watching those guys, those big, skinny seven footers from the 70s, 80s, early 90s with the short shorts. He's seven foot seven, and it's all you call it funny. I call it disturbing. <laughs> Very disturbing. Yeah. So you could you could see that. I mean, that's uh, there's a clip of him on YouTube popping a three pointer. Seven foot seven, just popping a three pointer in like 1991. Manupo was bloody basketball. That's what it turns out. Going back to the Chargers Cowboys game. Did you see? I was telling Phil and, and Manny this in their ears while Ventline was going on. 
Did you happen to see what was going on with the Chargers kicker situation? Uh, I did not, but I saw I saw the fallout of them uh, continuing PATs with some the punter or something. There's that too. Yeah, he went one for three. But no, on PATs. I did not see what happened. He went one for three from the with the kicking net too. And I've got a question <laughs> about that. But go go ahead. So Nick Novak, I believe, is their kicker. He gets injured with some back injury early in the first quarter. So the punter starts warming up on the sideline. There's video of the punter into the practice net from point blank range going wide right. Oh, he did? Oh, you weren't kidding. Yeah. He really missed the practice net. Yeah, he did. Net. Yeah. Uh, he went wide right of the practice net. Uh, yeah, the, the kicker, so the, the injured kicker had back problems and was barely mm-hmm. able to, but the, the one he went wide left on, he like crumbled to the ground in pain like Tiger Woods on the on the tee from a year ago. Mm-hmm. It was pretty bad. Uh, and then I wonder, so they, they busted out uh, for an extra point, they took a 16 nothing lead. No, it was it was 15 nothing after the touchdown. Mm-hmm. And so they had two options. Go for two to make it 17 nothing. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of great strategy in that. Now it's three scores instead of two. Or run your punter out after he missed wide right on the kicker's net from point-blank range. And they, they wound up going for an extra point that was, in that situation. That's my question. They should have gone for two. Why? Because I mean, coaches are idiots. Why not just keep going for two? Because coaches are idiots. But it, I mean that's it. But that's in that particular yeah. situation, if it's if it's eighty five percent anyways on extra points from that distance. Yes. Now you're bringing in a guy who's never kicked one in an NFL game. Yes. 50-50, maybe sixty percent chance, and your offense is playing pretty well. Dallas's defense is decimated. No Sean Lee. You have a chance to go up seventeen to nothing if you go for two there, but coaches are idiots when it comes to somebody, game theory and 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 things like somebody that. Somebody should tell them though. I mean, this isn't this isn't that hard. You don't have a kicker. Your kicker is gone. You're going to go for two. You're going to have at least a decent chance. Yeah, I didn't. Philadelphia get that. did it earlier in the week. Yes, they they lost their kicker and they just kept going for two. Yes, yeah. which was a smart move. That makes per- perfect sense. Woo! Sticking with the Chargers, Chargers themed. Uh, stuff you should know about here. They're somehow in the playoff hunt. They're only second place in the AFC West right now at 5 and 6. Chiefs ahead of them at 6 and 4. They might win the division. The NFL this year is awful. They have the Browns Thank coming up on their man. schedule this next week. So they're going to get yeah. to 6 and 6 and after the, their and the, start. Yep, and I, the, yeah. and the Chiefs have come back to earth. The Chargers have a shot to win that division. What if they somehow get a home game in the playoffs? A home game they can't even fill up and in draw the twelve people <laughs> to that soccer stadium. Yeah. Here, so so here's my problem with with the three games too. You don't have other games going on, so you don't have the red zone option. Yeah, I can't. B- besides the well, Vikings, there's other channels besides besides football. the Vikings. <laughs> besides the Vikings, I can't sit there in good conscience and right. watch that crap. And yet I do. The only saving grace last night was at six thirty or so. Uh, a college game started. Yeah. Of course, that that's the college game in which the quarterback got his oh, leg turned around injury. and his foot was going the wrong way, and ESPN showed it for a long okay. time. Okay, you realize that like you pay probably 200 bucks a month for cable, like most people do, and you have 500 channels, and if you want, you can get like Netflix and different things. Yes. And of all the things, there's great movies on yeah, this yes, weekend, of all the things you can yeah. watch. You just said the saving grace for you was There's a, a college random football. college basketball uh, game or football my, game. Here's my complaint. Oh, God. Thank God. Here's my complaint. Gary Bettman and the National Hockey League do not go dark on Thanksgiving next year. They didn't have one game last night. I don't give, think the NBA did either. Give did they? me a 7 o'clock. In fact, you know what? The National Hockey League should adopt the NBA philosophy and counter-program the crap that is the National Football League with about three hockey games. 
That's one thing the NFL didn't have was the cover up for the bad games. No, they that's had no, that's exactly yeah. right. You could put like, the yeah the now that the NFL is showing some some major cracks in the armor and the you know these Thursday games are mostly atrocious. Mm-hmm. The NBA does the big Christmas Day thing. You could if you're the NHL or the NBA instead of just fearing the, the NFL, you could put a prime time. You could all right, LeBron James against whoever. At seven o'clock, head to head against this crappy football game. How about noon, three and seven? Yeah. How about that? Go triple header. Hockey, do and it. For the most part, for the better part of forty years or so, the Detroit Lions have been a garbage fire, right? They're yes. they're a little bit more entertaining now with Matthew Stafford. But they've been yes. But couldn't someone have come in and counter programmed against these li- the Lions games? <gasps> I don't know. You got more stuff I, for us? That, that was it. Oh, that was it? Yep. That was good. Uh, that was good. good it was efficient. It was good stuff. Swung for the fences and write that down. Uh, is questions going to be ready in a couple hours? Yeah. Yep. Okay. It'll be ready. <laughs> Make sure questions had a rough night last night, drinking wine, red wine. <laughs> wine, beer, mixed them all up. It's a bad, bad situation. Mackie and Judd live on this Black Friday, and we can open the Vikings vent lines back up if you want to discuss the 9-2 and two purple. Three games up in the division. Case Keenum. Out of his mind, great the last couple weeks. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500 if you have thoughts, opinions, or questions on the Vikes. Mackie and Judd. Case is playing outstanding. Um, you know, he's he's a great competitor, um, studies his rear end off, um, works extremely hard. Um, you know, I think, and, and, and today, you know, he seemed like he was more settled. It was a good team win today. Um, you know, I thought it was big. Our offense came out and um, and played very efficiently early. Defensively, we started out good, and then we kind of settled down. Um, you know, I think we can do some better things on special teams than what we did today. I think this is a 13-3 team now. I think the, the <laughs> fact that they beat the Rams, the, going into that Rams, Lions, and then you hear Falcons and Carolina coming up on the schedule, mm-hmm. you're looking at that saying, man, like if... Yeah, you're gonna find out if you're for real. But you could go one and three and stumble, and then and then maybe bring the Lions back in the division. But now that you've knocked off the Rams and the Lions, and you're sitting here at nine and two mm-hmm. with five games to go, and you've got Bengals, Packers, and and Bears to finish out your season, you're gonna be heavily favored in all three of those games. The two tough games are the next two road games. If you split those, you're staring at 13 and three, and that's very realistic. And how you got to nine and two to me is important. I told you that going into this stretch of games, and especially the Rams and Detroit games, that the perception of those games would would be important. It worked out perfectly. If you had gotten by the Rams, so let's say. You win that game, yeah. but you start to collapse. You'd say, okay, that's pretty good, but you started to collapse. But you didn't. Mm-hmm. You won that game convincingly, and, and in fact, your team, as that game progressed, grew stronger and stronger. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now four days after that, you're forced to go play a game, and nobody expects expects your team to be perfect, and you're not. Nonetheless, you don't care at this point. I mean, the fact that you beat Detroit four days after you beat the Rams— you leave there, you say, thank God we won and we're gone. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So there's nothing about the past four days there, or five days. Now, there's nothing about those games where you where you question yourself. Or you say, well, Keenum did this wrong, or the defense didn't do that. No, no, no. Xavier Rhodes, make no mistake, played on one leg on Thursday. I mean, he was hobbled. He was not, he was not well. Detroit threw at, at him. He had some breakdowns, but that's him hurt. 
But there's nothing about the Rams game and Detroit games where you still can say to yourself, well, I, I didn't really like this too much. Uh-uh. The Rams, you did everything and more in taking a team that that was perceived to be as good as you and soundly beating them, and then you come back and you win a game that's a tough game, played very closely to a game that, that in a lot of people's minds, I think will probably define yeah. your season at this point. So this played out perfectly. You know what's incredible about Mike Zimmer's defense? And I know that... Things got a little dicey there in the second half, but for the most part, especially in the first half, his defenses make established quarterbacks oftentimes look like they've never played quarterback in the NFL before. Matthew Stafford was a mess in the first half, and some of it's just the lack of preparation and in general, and then the lack of preparation against one of the NFL's best defenses. It's, it's going to make it look worse than it, than it really is. But he was throwing... There were like five passes in that game where you thought... What, did, is he like blind in one eye? Does he mm-hmm. did he lose his depth perception? Where is that throw going yeah, to? His first half, especially to me, was off yeah. kilter. And Zimmer has made Rodgers look bad. Now, now Rodgers got the best of the Vikings uh, on Christmas Eve last year, mm-hmm. but he's done it to Russell Wilson in the playoffs two years ago. He had Cam Newton throwing three interceptions in their early season game last year. He frustrates him with his ability as a defensive coordinator slash guru to. Make those guys look like rookies and second-year players is yep. incredible. And and this to me, so when, when it comes to this team, this to me is the is the turn of events that we have not seen here for years and years and, and years. The offense and Keenum are great talking points, and and they have done fantastic for, for the most part, but we get really fixated on them. And we do it because we are not used to the fact that defense is going to win you games. And this is, I mean, how long has it been since you've looked at this team and you said, without a doubt, if you are going to uh, progress in the playoffs, you need your offense to play well. They can't They can't be bad. Mm-hmm. But that being said, your calling card when you take the field for a playoff game is not your offense whatsoever. It is your defense. Yeah. 651 646 1500 what have the last two games told you about the Vikings as a team? And what have the last two games told you about Case Keenum as a quarterback? Um, I think Pat Shermer is incredible. And, and I, there's there's certain things. Let me back this up. There's certain things. Manny and I talked about this on Ventline yesterday about this quarterback and offense discussion that drive me crazy. It's the black and white nature of it. You're either pro case or anti case. You're either, you know, why won't you get on the bandwagon? There's so many shades of gray with all of this. If you put Case Keenum behind a bad infrastructure, you get what you had in Houston with him. You get what you had in in uh, St. Louis and Los Angeles with him at times, where it's just like, yeah, he's a backup, and let's go draft a quarterback. That's what you get. But when you take Pat Shermer and the fact that he's squeezing career performances and career stretches out of Case Keenum and Sam Bradford, and maybe at some point in the future, if he's still the offensive coordinator here and Bridgewater becomes the starter again, you might see that with Bridgewater as well. Uh, I, I've i just never been more impressed with the turnarounds the Vikings have made, where they come off a season where things clearly need to be fixed, and you know sometimes they fix a couple things, sometimes they don't. They fixed every single thing that you pointed at last year. And that starts with Smealman. Yep. Offensive Man. line fixed. Yep. Well, chaos with the coordinator situation. All right. Well, North Turner out midseason. Pat Shermer fixed. Mm-hmm. 
Backup quarterback. Man, Sean Hill had to start a game because we just didn't fixed everything. Literally everything they had to fix was fixed off of last season. And I would say this as well. Think about the things because it's becoming, as teams have success, it gets very simple to take things for granted, right? Two things that stand out to me, that if you're a Vikings fan, you should stop right now and understand that it, it they are making it look simple, but you know as a Vikings fan it's not. Play calling is one. Play call. Think about the play calling. Think about that that Keenum and Bradford in the first game were set up at every turn for the most part to be in a position to succeed. Their boss is basically putting them in a position to consistently succeed. That's huge. The other thing uh, that Keenum is doing that that he makes look simple, but think about the amount of quarterbacks, including uh, QBs who have played here, have struggled to do, pocket awareness. The pocket I saw Kirk Cousins last night, who's pretty good, obliviously in the pocket, no internal clock, no ability to move right and left. By the time he does, it's too late. Case Keenum makes it look so simple that yeah. that you're and and the thing about the these things is when they're done well, you're like, of course, yeah, that that's simple. Yeah, of course you should move to your left three steps, or of course the play but call. Imagine how tough that would be, like if if just the average person who's played Madden stepped into that exact situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have to not only keep your eyes down the field and keep track of the routes that are being run. You know what you know what the routes are, but you have to sort of track where the receivers are going. Absolutely. Who's flashing open? Is it zone? Is it man? And and then like physically throw the ball accurately while avoiding 240 pound machines trying to kill you. I will give you I will give you the perfect example of the guy, uh, of a guy cuz it's two pronged. A guy who could move just fine but could never look downfield. Christian Ponder. Think about the times he moved really well. And he would, and he, he at times I think sensed it, but guess what he never did? He never had the ability to move and look. Case Keenum makes that look easy. Yeah. 651 646 8255, talking nine and two Vikings. Case Keenum, what's up, Bill? Yeah, listen, you mark my words. If they don't sign Case Keenum this year to a multi-year contract, he will go to another team for a multi-year contract, and next year will be Teddy Bridgewater's last year as a Viking. Is that a write-that-down prediction officially, Bill? That's a write-that-down. I like it. Happy Black Friday. (laughs) Happy Black Friday to you. Bye, Bill. Uh, Bill in St. Paul. That was sort of a buzzkill. I think I think Bill was going to come at us there, but we're in a good mood. It's the ho- it's the holiday we're season. Positive. We're we're drunk on joy today. Um, you just played two back to back games that were pretty <laughs> damn good. I don't see what's to be down about. Let's come back and continue this. I actually have. Let's do some comparison here. Case Keenum to other undrafted, not highly touted quarterbacks, and what their paths were, and the guys who succeeded, and are there similarities? Uh, we'll get to Randall and Stillwater off the bat. The vent lines are open. 651-646-8255, 877-615-1500. Mackie and Judd live on a Black Friday.